Welcome to the Hyper Voice, episode 141. This is a show all about Pokemon's video game championship series. I am your host, Steven Morioka, and I am here with Alex Underhill. Hey there. And Matthew Verivy. Hello. Hey there, Matthew. Thanks for coming on the show this week with us. And we're going to be talking about a recent Chicago Grassroots Live event that the two of you had just attended. And this is a tournament we have uh, previewed over the last few weeks on the show, just talking about how we were advertising this as a tournament in the park that was going to be happening, you know, out held outdoors. But uh, I just got to say, Kyogre, Politoed, and Pelipper had a meeting, and they said, no, no, that's not going to happen. So the weather was not suitable for a tournament outside, and this had to be moved. Uh, Matthew, why don't you just tell us about, you know, just planning for this event and ultimately how it got moved and how it ended up turning out. Sure. So before the pandemic, uh, back in 2019, we had done a tournament in the park. Um, we did it in Maggie Daly Park in downtown Chicago. Uh, it was really nice. Uh, got a good turnout. Uh, had some food catered. It was just kind of like a picnic idea. Uh, very laid back tournament. And we had beautiful weather. Uh, so with of everything with the pandemic and wanting to keep social distancing and things being a bit safer to be outdoors than indoors, uh, I thought this would be a great idea to have another outdoor tournament. Uh, so myself, as well as Alyssa Smith, who I'm sure many people here are familiar, uh, Temporal VGC, uh, we worked on getting together another tournament. Uh, planning for the same location as 2019. But as the tournament date got closer, we were seeing rain in the forecast for every single day uh, surrounding that day, including the day itself. So a few days prior, we made the call and said, all right, we have to bring this indoors. Uh, luckily, we had already worked with a local game store, Good Games Chicago, to have that venue as a rain location. So we were able to just move things over nice and easy. Uh, and it was very good that we did because there ended up being several tornado warnings. Uh, it was absolutely downpour raining. Uh, even power went out a little bit in the store before the tournament happened. Uh, but all things considered, we ended up getting to max capacity in the store because they have a uh, smaller capacity due to COVID and keeping people separated of course so we reached that capacity and had a great tournament of 24 players awesome and alex i know you are part of that 24 that roster and you traveled with some people to get there tell us about your journey to the tournament <laughs> oh man it was a little <laughs> bit of a journey um yeah so i ended up uh driving to the event with uh john and jake uh john who and jake white and I mean, yeah, it was definitely pouring. What's funny is that, like, it is a 30-minute drive to the venue for me, but it went over an hour, uh, which was part of why we were barely able to make it in time. Uh, we had, like, planned to leave at noon uh, to get there at 1, and, <laughs> yeah, again, just barely making it. Um, but we did, and, uh, yeah, I mean, like, we just had to park and then basically half walk, half run through the rain to get to the venue, and uh, from there, I mean, uh, I'm sure Matt will get a bit into how the uh, tournament went, but from my experience, it, it did just kind of feel like 
uh, we were back. We were kind of like doing things almost as normal. Like, of course, there was, you know, the every other uh, spot was empty, you know, so there were you were not sitting exactly next to somebody and uh, we were all wearing our masks. But it still was like uh, any other local I've uh, attended, which was pretty awesome. That's pretty great to hear. Awesome. Yeah, so I, uh, we did refer earlier that the player cap was at 24. So we had Swiss rounds. I believe what that ended up with. That gives you, what, five rounds, I believe. Yep. And uh, top cut of eight. We have those top teams here. Uh, Matthew, you were our, I guess we forgot to mention this at the top, but you were the TO for this event. And, you know, what was it like just seeing players back again after the year plus we've had in through oh. the pandemic? It was absolutely amazing. Uh, the players were so much itching to see each other. There's some new players that had, over the past year and a half, had been on discords, been doing uh, online tournaments. Uh, this is the first time everybody got to see each other in person. Um, it was great. There were happy tears shed by many. Um, and just being able to have everybody in person doing online tournaments is just, it's not the same. You don't have that, that same energy. Um, yeah, I definitely highlight of the past year plus was being able to see everybody again. Sounds good. Kind of said I missed it, but maybe next time if I'm available. And I did just mention that we have the top eight teams from this event. So we're going to get into these top eight players and the, their teams. Uh, first off, I just want to mention that this was tournament was won by Alex, but not our Alex on the show right now. So, Alex, tell us about your team and uh, your uh, run through this tournament. Oh, we don't have to talk too much about that, Steven. But yeah, uh, I did just go. <laughs> I, I just went 0-2 drop. I was definitely not using my brain that day. So, I uh, after losing the second round, I was just a bit frustrated, decided not to play out the rest. But I still wanted to hang out, so hung out uh, with, of course... Uh, Jake and John, and as well as Adi, uh, who's a good friend of mine at the event. And uh, as we'll get into, uh, John and uh, Adi both were able to make a bit of a deep run into this tournament. Uh, John being the runner-up, um, using a team that uh, I'd actually, uh, I'll talk a little bit, a little bit about, uh, mostly because uh, it somewhat relates to me. Um, John was using the team of um, Articuno Galler, Tapu Fini, Jinx, Porygon 2, Kartana, and Alolan Marowak. Uh, I should mention the winner's teams, of course. Alex Arand used a team of uh, Venusaur G-Max, Torkoal, Landris Therian, Porygon 2, Grimmsnarl, and Registeel. Um, and so John's team, uh, I was actually uh, talking to John about this. We talked about this back when like the DLC came out for Crown Tundra. And so I was trying to find when exactly this weekend, over the, over the past weekend, I was trying to find out exactly when I had... Uh, talk to John about this idea first, and uh, it turns out it was October uh, 29th um, was when I was like, hey, you know, you should use uh, Jinx Articuno, and <laughs> that, that that was like basically the beginning process of John uh, coming up with this team, and um, it, it's crazy that he's still able to just do this thing. It's so just like meta, uh, it just ignores the meta, it just does whatever it wants to, and uh, it's really funny. Yeah, I think that was one of the my favorite things from watching the tournament was you had a lot of because it's been so long since you've had a, a normal tournament where you've got so many different teams just trying to see what sticks. Um, I think there was was it Ben was using uh, Diggersby, um, Addy was using Driftblim. Like you've just got some kind of more out there Pokemon, um, but it was it was great to see. 
Yeah, so and then like the top four, we had Justin Fries, Dragapult, Incineroar, Rotom Wash, Ndidi Female, Dusclops, and Glastrier, and then Adi had the uh, Regilucky, Cartana, Ndidi Male, uh, Driftblim, Celesteela, and Urshifu Water. Um, and so lots of cool teams. And uh, something that I was talking about at the event uh, a little bit maybe afterwards as well was that this used to be what like defined the meta, Steven. Like, do you remember when like, the year would flip over, like like at the beginning of the year. I don't know which year I'm thinking of specifically, maybe like 2018. But uh, no, 20, did 2018 flip over in the calendar year? Probably did. Um, anyway, Stephen. So when the when the format would flip over and the meta would be defined by the first couple of locals that were held on that first weekend, you know, and uh, this was like getting a lot of attention this local because you know a lot of people are you know missing locals they want to return to them and so it was kind of blowing up a a bit on like twitter and social media and it just is funny to me that like this might have an impact on the meta despite being a 24 person local centered entirely in chicago so um um it's just funny because like that was what we used to define the meta you know now we have all these online tournaments that people can look to that have much larger numbers and so they are a better reflection of the meta whereas this is like a more localized meta um but it's still really funny to me that people are going to look at this and be like oh man like i do i need to you know have a way to beat john who's team because you know it did well at this 24-man chicago event you know it's uh it is the only live event right now and so people are going to be looking at it yeah i definitely agree with a point that like all certain locals at certain points in the year depending on when a particular format for Pokemon starts um, can be really defining on, you know, how the meta develops, right? What teams do well, what things uh, people are looking out for. So in a normal time, you know, this would, if, if like the season were starting up again soon, um, which we'll get into later, you know, this would be pretty important for it. But, you know, as of right now, like there's just after this one, there's what, maybe a few online tournaments. You're kind of locked in for Players Cup 4 with the teams right now. So not super impactful, but I do get your point. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, man, it's crazy to think like so many. This is just a general comment about the community as a whole right now, Stephen. But pretty much everybody is checked out, uh, or like a lot of people are uh, checking out of Series Nine. Uh, they are done with it. Whether it's because it's you know the second time we've done this format, we've done it for two months, and that's the only the longest somebody can hold their attention on a format nowadays, or. Um, it's just because the format is uh, terrible, which, I mean, maybe that's my opinion. I don't really like Series 9. But um, <laughs> anyway, uh, people are just, like, moving on. And so it's it's getting to that point where uh, we were, I think, in, like, January when at the end of Series 7 when people were, like, already playing GS Cup, you know, playing with the Legendaries and people were playing all these other formats. Well, now everyone's doing, again, that GS Cup with two Legendaries and then they're also playing no Dynamax. There's a lot of, like, uh, tournaments starting up just, like, with those. Um, we don't need to mention them specifically, but, like, I just... It's funny that, uh, again, we are in this spot where people are just already moving on because Players' Cup is over. There's nothing else official, and the grassroots do their best to hold people's attention, but in a way, they feel like um, training grounds for, like, the the Players' Cup, uh, Stephen. You know, like, a lot of people do take those, uh, those secondary circuits seriously, uh, and I, I definitely think like, th- that's awesome. I think it's awesome that we have that uh, option to do so. But it, it always feels like everything's leading up to Players Cup, and then once you know the uh, large portion of people are knocked out, the uh, we've made it to the, you know the top sixty-four across all global regions. Uh, everyone kind of just moves on. They're like, "Well, what's the next format? What's Series 10? 
Yeah, I can see that. I mean, that's just like kind of the natural flow of how things have been going these last year and a half uh, because of the Players' Cup cycle how and how that works. Uh, Matthew, I mean, I, I kind of felt the same way as we were going through all this, but what's been your sentiment with uh, how the interest level has been with Pokemon recently? It's been crazy. I mean, for this event, if we... If it wasn't for the storm, we would have been over capacity with the store. Um, we had, I think, 30 people registered to play, um, which I've never gotten to the point of having to almost turn away people from a, a tournament. Um, mm-hmm. So it's especially for doing in person. And I've seen it with the, the TCG as well. People are just itching to get back. Um even though, yeah, especially with, with Series 9 being the same as Series 7, it's, all right, we're kind of tired of this format. Um, I think switching it up and having it be that in-person versus just more of playing online through Discord, BattleFi, um, it kind of switches it up enough to, to bring back more interest. I really am bummed that we didn't get to have it outside just because, um, you know, this was a big event in the sense that, like, you know, a a return to uh, in-person. And it would have been fun to have as many people there as possible, not just the, the aside from the fact that it also would have just been fun to do another one of those outdoor events uh, if we had, you know, a nice day to do so. Sadly, no. And uh, it also limited the number of people. But... Uh, it's really cool to hear that there were so many people interested in coming to this. You know, we had people from all over. And uh, like you said before, I think one of the most interesting things about this uh, was the number of people that were playing for like the first time. You know, there are so many people that started their careers online uh, over the past year and a half. I mean, uh, that's just going to be uh, natural that, you know, that we get these new games and they didn't get to have their full lifespan. And so there's a lot of people that really want to, you know, try their to show off their stuff at an in-person event and uh, once we get back to those that's going to be really exciting for those newer players that are going to finally get their chance yep and something that really helped to having it in the store which i mean don't get me wrong i would have loved it outside as well um but the store has a tv that we were able to hook up this one of our switches to and do spectator mode so especially once we got into top cut we just had Chairs kind of circled around the TV, everybody watching the games, um, which absolutely helped, too, um, with keeping that energy going uh, and that interest. Uh, You're able to see these new players watch and kind of see how the the pros play, so to say, Um, whereas you don't really get that for online tournaments. I mean, you've got some streams, but oftentimes they're delayed or not even uploaded right away. Um, So having that all right, this is happening right now, energy was amazing. Uh, yeah, it's probably fun to just be in that in-person crowd, you know, cheering among your friends and seeing who's going to win, you know, turn by turn, what's going what's going to happen. So that's really exciting that uh, a lot of new players are going to be coming up. And that's going to be uh, continuous through the next few months as we kind of get back to grassroots, perhaps uh, live events for the circuit, which we'll talk about later. So... Um, real quick, I just want to shout out the other top eight players who made it into top eight um, that we did not mention yet. Well, we have uh, Nate Innocenti, Ben Romas, Sebastian Guerrero, and Gwen Edgar. Um, their teams are pretty standard other than like the Diggers B we mentioned. I just want to go through them really quick uh, to acknowledge the rest of the top eight. But uh, Nate had a Garchomp, Rotom Heat, Moltres, Galarian, Clefairy, Venusaur G-Max, and Torkoal. And then Ben had a, an 
Nihilego, uh, Urshifu, Single Strike, Thunderous, Whimsicott, Celesteela, and Diggersby. Uh, before we move on to the other two, do you two have any comments on these teams, especially the Diggersby one? Uh, nothing too much to say about them other than it is cool to see uh, Diggersby. I mean, that huge power Pokemon can be uh, pretty devastating, especially with the speed control. It's almost like a bit like uh, Regigigas or something. It's just, uh, it's fun. I haven't seen it as much recently. I don't have too many comments on it because I don't really know VG meta all that well. Okay, no, that's fair. Yeah, just a lot of stuff we've seen before, like either trios or some pairs out there. You know, the Sun pair, Clefairy setting, help setting up Moltres. Um, and then we got the whole uh, Nihilego, Urshifu, Thunderous uh, trio together. And then Celestial uh, and Whimsicott have been, you know, around for these past few months of the format for Series 7 and 9. Uh, moving on, though, to the other two teams, we have uh, Thunderous, Garchomp, Togekiss, Metagross, Incineroar, and Urshifu Rapid Strike. Um, pretty standard-looking team all put together there. And then Gwen, uh, Gwen's team is Garchomp, Thunderous, Incineroar, Porygon 2, Glacier, and Tepufini. So again, um, you know, all, obviously solid teams and solid plays, both very standard. Uh, poke, uh, all Both of those teams having standard Pokemon in them. Just, uh, you know, very solid meta Pokemon teams. And if you want to find the uh, teams, I don't know if Steven plugged it already, but it's going to be at underscore Chicago VGC, the Twitter account where you can find the results and all the uh, teams. Exactly. As, all, as well as all the past coverage from the recent event, which was held on June 26th. So that is our top eight teams from the 24-player tournament from our Pokemon in the Park event that did move into a store because of the weather. But any last thoughts from either of you two before we move on to some big news? Uh, I did want to make a small plug. Uh, I'm not sure when this podcast will be going up, but at least when we're recording this, it'll be tomorrow. So Wednesday, June 30th, um, we'll be getting the recording up from the event. So we weren't able to do a live stream, but we were able to record uh, all of the rounds, doing some different games each round. So that'll be going live uh, on the 30th. And you can see that at the at underscore Chicago VGC Twitter account as well. Awesome. So, yeah, everyone can check that out if you'd like to and get a chance. So find that there. Great plug there, Matthew. Thanks for reminding me about that. Uh, I knew that was coming. So anyway, let's uh, get into our next topic here. That was our uh, live event, which uh, was nice to hear about, hear what you all experienced. And let's get to some uh, big news from last week. So... <clears throat> After, of course, that we recorded last week's episode, we get some uh, somewhat significant uh, news drop from TPCI themselves about the upcoming year for us, specifically the 2022 season and the circuit, what may come. Uh, a lot of this stuff is stuff we already knew about, uh, them just like reaffirming and confirming what we knew from last year's announcement. But anyway, I'm just going to run through the quick summary here. And, uh, and then we'll get just get to talking about all these points, whatever we'd like to. So first off, the World Championships are still uh, planned to be for in London next year, over in the UK for 2022. Nothing about that has changed. Uh, last year, Pokemon mentioned that Worlds was going to be a four-day event. Nothing has changed about that either, starting on a Thursday. Uh, we've known about this for a year already. And any championship points that players have earned the past season from 2019 to 2020... Um, so, so that 2020 season would be transferred to the next upcoming season, which uh, now I guess would be 2022. That is still holding in place. And then the qualification for the first day of play on Thursday is the same as 2020's championship point bar, 
which for Masters, if I remember right, was 400. That is also not changing. And I'm happy Pokemon did all that because, like they said, um, they kind of promised this a year ago, and they're holding true to all that. So I'm happy with everything I've said so far. Yep, yep. And also, uh, one thing worth mentioning, Stephen, you did mention that uh, London will be the location in 2022. They did also confirm that, no surprise, it will be in August, so no type of, like, shift on the world state either. It's going to be in that month of August that we're used to. That is correct. Yep, yep, yep. Sounds good. So, we got through all that. You know, glad they're holding to their previous statements. Now, just a few uh, important changes for the upcoming season is that the age divisions are going to be increasing by a year from the 2020 season in 2022. So, they just have their... uh, the birth years of each player is listed on the post from June 22nd. Um, again, you can find this on Pokemon's website. But uh, we, I'm just going to say say these out here. But uh, the for the junior division, those players are born in 2010 or later. Senior division is born uh, either 2006, 7, 8, or 2009. And then master division is 2005 or earlier. Um, so that is just their new division. Divisional changes for the age groups. And then another change they made for the from this announcement for the next season is that any player who has qualified in one of the previous divisions, or the younger divisions rather, who ages up into a new division because of the this uh, year update uh, will still maintain their qualification for Worlds as uh, long as they qualified from that previous bar championship point bar threshold in that division. So an example would be if a senior back in 2020, had qualified for their division, however many points they needed, what was it, 300 maybe, 350, uh, if they got like 300 points, and then aged up to Masters for 2022, and say did not reach like the 400 point threshold for whatever reason, the this season, this upcoming season, they would still be qualified for the first day of Worlds because of this uh, rule change, and the age change. So, and I, I'm reading through it here, Stephen, and, and nothing exactly super implies it, but the community as a like a large majority, whatever, we're assuming that the seniors aging up to masters would retain their CP for the purpose of like day two qualification. Um, you know, referring to Thursday as day zero and then day one being Friday and that, you know, skipping straight to the last day of like. Oh, man, I know, still whatever. hate all that. That's stupid. What do you mean? What What do you want to call it? Day one is Thursday. No, Stephen, you're. I'm sorry, but you're in the wrong here. I think all of you are in the wrong here. No, 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 Stephen. See, when uh, when people back you up, that means you're right. And I I ran a poll the other day. Let me go find. I'm going to my own Twitter. Oh, goody. <laughs> all right, we actually got pretty good numbers. Almost exactly a hundred. We have 97 votes. Um, and 74% said day zero. 25% said day one is uh, Thursday. Bro, that's garbage. You know that's now GPCI is going to be like, oh, Thursday is going to be day two because Wednesday is going to be day one because that's when the professors have their first meeting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, I mean, then we'll have to just back it up even further for when they have to get the equipment in, yeah. you know, and stuff yeah. like that, setting up all the other staff. So maybe it'll actually start on day eight. Um, oh, man. Okay, so I think I think all that's stupid. I think the first day is Thursday. That is day one for Worlds. Um, and you are wrong. <laughs> that hardly, hardly. But anyway, uh, just refer to these days instead of your numbers because those numbers are stupid. And we don't know what TPCI is going to call them yet. 
Yeah, Stephen, what do you, so what you want to call it the Saturday race? They Everyone refers to it as the day two race, and you want to change that to the day three race? Yes, exactly. It, that's because oh. it's, it's exactly what it is. Day zero is right now. Day, day zero is no, 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 no. Ago, day zero is right now. You're <laughs> no, all so stupid. No, 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 Stephen, listen, because um, Thursday is unprecedented, and so we're not going to change the whole everything for this, you know, the thing that probably won't even carry over to the following year. We so have instead, to change everything for one year. It's because of COVID. It's fine. Everything is unprecedented. I mean, that's fair. It is. Uh, and, like, that's the thing with Pokemon is that they never follow any uh, precedents, you know, the, with the formats, with the uh, changes year to year. Uh, you never really can predict what they're going to do. Um, but, yeah, the uh, the thing that I mentioned is that uh, the, the senior CP, I believe, will be carrying over. And so the uh, the race for day two, the race for the Saturday, whatever, day three, is going to be all kinds of messed up is what uh, people are worried about. Because, um, you know, like, I think the top senior has 1,500 CP. I'm not sure how much that puts them above. I actually haven't looked at the leaderboards in well over a year. They haven't been relevant. Um so let's look up the championship point leaderboards. Uh, that'll take me a second. But uh, in the meantime, um, that is going to be uh, a whole mess. And then otherwise, uh, from the rest of the news, Stephen, it, it, a lot of it was just like, uh, you know, hold on, wait. And I think one of the most important things here is, uh, Stephen, the section that says, uh, Friday players, players who reach a new CP qualification threshold set in 2021 or 2022 when more information is available about qualifying events. So there you they're leaving room in there for them not to even announce anything until the next year. Yeah, I saw that. I definitely agree with that. Matthew, what do you think? It'll be interesting. I mean, it would make sense if, and I hope it doesn't have to go this late, but if they were to start back up in March 2022, then you basically mm-hmm. have the first half of the 2019-2020 the season and then the second half of the 2021-2022 season, basically one full season. You don't have as much of an issue of, oh, you've got so much more or less CP than any other season. It gets a little bit weird, though, just because, like, that uh, that second day qualification, whatever you're the, the next one, but below above Thursday, you're going to ha- that's got to have to be more CP, right? You know, you, you, you qualify for Thursday before you qualify for Friday. And so if the season did start um, in March, which I mean, I'm not saying that it has to start earlier. Uh, what I'm trying to say is that it just gets a little bit weird because um, then it's going to be really hard for players that did, you know, have picked up the game during the COVID era uh, to catch up. Let's say that the bar is simply 100 points higher for Masters. You know, it's just 500 CP. Um, it's going to be hard to just get 500 CP in the, pan- the time spanning between March and what normally we cut it off in like June. And then there's like one event in July, the, you know, NAIC sometimes. Um, so it's going to be hard to make up 500 CP during that period. And then I guess, yeah, technically you can just get the 400, but that's still going to be, uh, just to get to qualify for Thursday, but that's going to be hard for the players that are just now beginning. So it's like a really, very sticky situation. Um, I don't think we're starting in September when like the season normally starts. My personal theory is that we're like gonna start in like October, which is like a weird one. I just, I think that this, uh, global, what is it called? Steven, the global exhibition. Yes. Um, I think the global exhibition is going to be the kind of end to the online uh, era. And I think the players cups will stop. And I think that will be like maybe the time that they plan to transition. But again, I'm going to point out that one line of text that I read the, you know, the 
2021 or 2022, they are really leaving themselves room to potentially not announce anything for months. Yeah, I think that's a great point about the global exhibition. You know, that kind of setting a you know time for us for when the online era might end. So that's a good thing to point out there. And uh, just to like about the the way they changed worlds from being three days to four days now is uh, a way for them to help strike balance. You know, for the players who have all been playing within that last season in 2020, so that everyone who played then could retain their points, still feel good about. You know, still having a goal to go for, you know, having that next day, next day of qualification, whatever that new bar is. And then it also gives um, a chance for all the brand new players who would be starting this year to, you know, still qualify for Worlds without feeling like too far behind. They can still reach, you know, the Thursday day of play. And if they could not get more points, then you just, you're kind of, you're going to earn your way just like normal by playing through Worlds each of those days. And so I finally got around to uh, Googling the championship leaderboard, Stephen. Um, for NA, you know, Joe is in the lead, Joe UX9, with a uh, point total of 1139. And the, uh, I think, highest senior that is going to be aging up would be uh, like Connor Waitala, who's going to be at about 1500 CP. Uh, a good number on top of Joe's uh, CP count already. Um, and if that's how it's going to decide those, you know, uh, end of the year travel awards uh, and the you know those buys it's going to be very messy again the, it doesn't exactly seem to be confirmed in this so I don't know exactly why the community at large is assuming this we're gonna have to wait to get more information which honestly was the main thing about this Stephen we've we've definitely milked this for more talking points than I think it even has given us you know like this whole thing was basically an announcement for an announcement saying hey we're gonna tell you more later. Like, of course, they, they, <laughs> yeah. Really, the only uh, brand new thing here was how they're handling the age divisions. Yes, and so a lot of this is just still speculation. Uh, one last thing I wanted to mention about points uh, is just because I was curious myself. Um, there are twenty nine uh, masters currently qualified. Twenty nine masters at four hundred points or above uh, for NA. And then several, of course, close to that. Um, like, I think I'm at, like, yeah, here I am, 350 on the dot. And, uh, yeah, like, it's just going to be very interesting to see what they set those two point thresholds at for Thursday, for Friday. Well, Thursday, we know what it's going to be. But for Friday, uh, how are they going to strike a balance between making the Thursday players want to continue playing and making the players that are already qualified, uh, but also to find a balance where you can't just completely exile those new players, uh, especially if we start so late in the season as, like, you know, potentially March, like uh, Matt had said. Yeah, I think the important thing to emphasize here, too, is how the timing of this announcement, you know, late June this year, is this around the same time we got similar information last year about, uh, what was it, 2021 Worlds? And ultimately, that got canceled earlier this year, but... Um, they're just, you know, trying to keep people excited about the circuit coming back at some point. And obviously they are prioritizing, you know, health and safety of people and the communities around the game here. So that's really the focus. And until it is safe enough to hold events, safe enough to, I still don't even know where internationals would fall in all these, if they would still have that as part of the circuit, um, because of the pandemic right now, but they, they're going to. They're going to hold out and wait as long as they possibly can until they know it is, uh, they can re be rest assured that it is safe for us to play again. That is a good point, though, you mentioned, Stephen. It's nice to see this news at the very least, just to kind of remind you, like, 
hey, this is still going to come back. Like, you know, VGC is so fringe that, like, uh, I do worry at some point, Stephen, that they might just give up on it. Like, I know that we have a decent population of players, but, like, compared to other, you know, esports, I'm doing big air quotes here, like other, like, you know, gaming communities, we're pretty small. Uh, and so I always worry that, like, at some point they're going to be like, yeah, no, this isn't worth it anymore. Uh, and, like, I was worried that, the, you know, COVID might be the time that they say, yeah, I think we're finally ready to kill this off. Uh, but no, we're, we're still, we're going to bring it back, which is good. And then, uh, before we, uh, I guess if anybody else has anything to say about the announcement, um, there's one last p- point here we have in the notes, Stephen, that we need to, uh, talk about. And it's good that you put this here. The, uh, the BFLs, you know, that is something that we're waiting for more information on, but it's still something definitely worth pondering. You know, there was, uh, several regionals in 2019 and then into the calendar year 2020, we had like a couple, like three maybe regionals or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and those ones, you know, how will they factor into the best finish limits? You know, are we going to, and locals especially, you know, are people going to be able to continue to stack points on? Is it going to be like a halfway extended one where, you know, like the BFL for locals was six and now they make it eight. So you can get a couple more in there. Or is it going to be completely wiped clean? Everybody can just get as many points as they want. Uh, with, you know, compl- zero sitting in their BFLs. Uh, really interesting to think. Yeah, I don't know what they're going to do with those best finish limits, so I'm not going to speculate much on it. Just be like, uh, I'll wait for that news, and that's fine. Uh, same for, like, the championship bar f- championship point bar for Friday's qualification. Um, no idea where they could put that, depending on the timing of the return of the circuit. And Definitely. Matthew, I know you are, for, like, the video game, you're primarily a TO as well, so... What, I guess, what did this announcement, like, kind of get you thinking about as a TO trying to host tournaments with COVID still playing a factor? And, you know, what do you think that might kind of look like on your end? Yeah, I have no clue. Uh, we've I mean, we've heard this about Worlds. We haven't heard anything about any lower events. Um, I mean, in Australia and New Zealand, there are official events, but even then, they're None of them are championship series, so you don't have um, MSSs, you don't have PCs, it's just casual tournaments. Um, yep. So to try and figure out how how casual or how championship series would fit back into things, I haven't even thought about it yet. Um, it's it feels like it's still going to be quite far off. Um, like you were saying, I agree. Probably October ish is when I would imagine we'd be getting back. Uh, and especially on the TCG side of things, there's been more pressure on it um, because Wizards of the Coast has started uh, organized play with Magic and some of their other games. So mm-hmm. people have been saying, hey, Pokemon, why aren't, why aren't you starting? Um, but something that both the TCG and the VGC have is you do have a lot more younger players. Uh, some other games have a minimum age requirement, which Pokemon does not have. And right now, there's no approved vaccine for players under 12. So I think until we get to the point where either you've got vaccines for those younger players, or older players are vaccinated enough to a point where you're kind of above that 75-80% mark, um, I can't see them really bringing back competitive play unless everybody can play yeah i was gonna say those are those were some really good points though matt just the talking about how our game does have a lot of a wider age range than any other game and it yeah like you said uh we're gonna have to wait to see 
uh, until we can get everybody back. That's like kind of the the important thing here, and like that's what Pokemon has always been about. And one of the things that I've always loved about it is that you know there are people across all different age ranges uh, as well as background and whatnot. But you know, age range is such a large factor in this game when we have the age division specifically and. Um, yeah, we want everybody to be able to return at the same time. It would really be sad considering that, you know, the juniors and seniors already can't even play in Players' Cup. They've been sitting out so long to bring back events and have them sit out further would just be, uh, incredibly sad. So, uh, it's better that we keep waiting. And, uh, yeah, like I said, I'm just hoping October is my, like, my current theory, but it's also a bit hopeful, you know, we just gotta wait and see and uh again like this whole thing uh, as i've said before is just an, an announcement for announcement we're still waiting for more news right both for the video game and trading card game you know the formats change pretty frequently uh, as we've learned in the video game nowadays um but you know tcg has both their like standard and expanded which uh, alternate uh, i don't know how many months it is but um it's comparable to like our uh, series changes we've been having you know every two or three months and you know, we got a, We have a new game coming out soon, too. You know, Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl in November. And I wonder if that may play a factor at all. We still don't know what games are going to be playing around that time. And if Pokemon wants... If we switch over to that, if we stay on Sword and Shield, I just don't know what any of that's going to look like, too. So if they're holding out for that, and maybe we'll just start fresh, you know, in January of next year, that's another thing to think about. Yeah, and the way that rotation works for TCG... Um there's at least one expansion that is never going to see play at Worlds. It released shortly after Worlds 2020, and it's going to rotate out by Worlds 2022. Um, so it's... And VG, yeah, will have Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl. They release in November, so those will have been out for several months by that point. Will we shift over? Like, we shift out over to uh, like Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire. Um, so who knows? Sword and Shield might not have. Uh, well, I'm trying to think. Was Short Sword and Shield there for Worlds 2020, or is that still Ultra Sun Ultra Moon? It was supposed to be for 2020, and then COVID happened. But yeah, we had we had a Ultra Sun Ultra Moon for 2019. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what I was thinking of. Not Worlds 2020. That didn't happen. <laughs> um. So okay. So yeah, we might not have a Sword and Shield Worlds even. Yeah, that's kind of been like the joke. Of, for the community for the last like two years almost, but it's it may it ends up it might end up being uh, true. Yeah, which would stink, especially for London, which is the in the region Sword and Shield with Galar is based off of. To not have it be Sword and Shield. Yeah, I feel you're there. Like it would have been great to have actually have the region hel- holding the worlds. Uh, you know that it was based off of in its actual like a city from that region so london was you know very uh it was perfect for it you know when we got the sun and moon games we never got back to hawaii so this uh was would have been like a first it was really cool yeah yeah it, it would be funny uh like a lot of the vgc players have been talking about how we might not have a worlds with dynamax and honestly i mean i wouldn't even care that much it'd be nice uh i don't really love dynamax i've dealt with it i've had my fun in these formats but it would be crazy if we didn't have uh, Dynamax at Worlds and we just kind of had to skip that. But uh, even more importantly, as you had said, you know, London was pretty much chosen because Sword and Shield is based on the UK. And so it would be kind of a sad to see us not play that at Worlds. But 
Uh, it really is just going to come down to what happens in November. You know, I kept saying October, October, October is the possible time that we switch. But, you know, maybe we uh, switch with the new games. That's something that's always felt a little bit uh, awkward in past years is, you know, like the new game came out. Everybody cares about what's going on with that. Uh, and then we have like another month of like events for Ultra Series when Sword and Shield is literally in our hands. Um, you know, if we're switching over to Diamond and Pearl, that would maybe be, be the time to bring back live events and do it uh, if... If things line up so perfectly, you know, if I was able to be the one to choose this and everything was fine and there was no COVID, it just suddenly stopped completely, you know, but whatever, this is all just fantasy land. And that's Pokemon for you, right? And uh, we all like to uh, live in our old fantasy lands, escape from the real world sometimes, but uh, COVID even got into us here. So uh, what are we going to do? Anyway, uh, that's kind of like the big news from the big uh, the 2022 Championship Series announcement. Um, again, we're just waiting for another announcement for more details. And of course, when that happens, we're going to share more of those details on the show. That's going to be an exciting thing to talk about. Maybe if we get a some sort of schedule, wherever it is around the world, that will be fun to look at. But anyway, um, that's pretty much going to do it for those topics we just covered here. The last thing, of course, is that... We have the second day of Pokemon Players Cup 4 happening this upcoming weekend, July 3rd, across all four regions, North America, Latin America, Europe, and Oceania. The Top Cut bracket, which is a new double elimination bracket for the top 16 players in each region, is going to happen that day. And Alex, you're one of the players in North America. Now, how are you just feeling heading into this weekend? It's uh, it's terrible, man. Like, I, I don't feel bad about the, the weekend per se, but th- these two weeks are just so annoying, dude. Like, I, I it's been forever. I just want to get back into it. Uh, and I've just been waiting here. And, like, the whole time, it's just like, oh, you know, it would be... Uh, I'm going to use the word optimal because I can't think of a better word, but it would be optimal if I spend a lot of my time just prepping every single matchup that I can. But that's so unfun, and it's, like, one of my least favorite parts of Pokemon. So... I don't even really want to, and, like, I don't have to, per se. Like, you know, I can definitely just go out there and uh, freelance it, just figure out the game plans on the fly, but, you know, my opponents, they might have these, like, premeditated game plans, and if their game plan is so much stronger than mine, I'm not going to be able to keep up. Uh, But I'm not going to rant on about that too much, because um, I've talked about how I think this is silly in the past. Uh, It will be all one day, though, this Saturday, I believe, July 3rd. Uh, We're just going to play until I think there's four left. Um... And then next week, we'll be able to uh, talk about it. I don't think I'm going to be going under any NDA this time around, Steven. So we, have, we don't have to worry about that. Uh, that was such a, such a hassle. Yeah. Um, and then I put, I put my own little recreated picture down here at the bottom, uh, Steven, of what the bracket is going to look like. We don't have to actually talk about the, uh, the teams and the matchups and who's going to win. Oh, let's do our predictions. Uh, the main reason I wanted to put it down here is there's some interesting talking points about Double Elim. This is only the uh, winner's bracket. But um, there's something interesting that I found out is that in a Double Elim Top 16 bracket, there are essentially like... Uh, there's another side of the bracket. You know that, Steven. You know, there's like eight players on my side, eight players on the other side. Yes. Uh, but there's also, uh, like, the farthest side of the bracket. So you can break down the other eight into four and four. And there are four players that I am, like, very unlikely to play. And I just found that interesting during my uh, looking at the bracket. Um, basically, like, if I win uh, my first round of losers or if I lose in round two, the four players at the top of the bracket, Sohaib, Alexander Stubbs, Austin Acosta, James Beck, uh, they're all players that I could meet up in that point. Basically... Uh, I won't fight any of them until I reach losers, but those are the four that I will find in losers. 
The other four are players that I probably won't see unless I'm in my losers winning in game. Uh, and so, like, they're the players that I am least likely to face. And um, at best, I, I might face, like, one of them. And so, um, it's just interesting to me. Uh, this is just something that I learned. Uh, it's probably pretty boring for anybody else that isn't actually in the players of top 16 double limb section of this bracket. So, it's so, ugh, gosh. Um, but yeah, that's all I really wanted to mention, Stephen, and then I included the picture. And uh, otherwise, I've just been preparing matchups all week. I'm going to be doing some more of that, uh, figuring out what are my super structured game plans. You know, go ahead and write out a whole script about, you know, what I'm going to do in every single scenario and just make the game super dry and boring. And uh, have a lot of fun this weekend. It's going to be so much fun. Yeah, best of luck. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, the the whole, like, Preparation sounds like a total snooze, but uh, at least at least playing is going to be fun that weekend. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to that part just so that it can finally be uh, done with. Honestly, like I, I mean, like I really want to do well, but uh, I also just want to be I want to be out of the tournament for better or for worse is what I'm trying to say. It just feels stupid that I'm still in it. Yeah, haven't all the other all previous three players cups, whether it was three weekends or two weekends, they were all right in a row. Yeah, yeah. There, there was never a two week break, uh, and so That's it's so silly. Weird. <laughs> and then, uh, and then it'll be only two weeks until the global finals. Global finals on July seventeenth. I feel like that feels so much sooner than the other ones. Uh, uh, maybe, maybe I'm incorrect on that. Maybe not actually. Maybe not actually. We there's no way to prove it. There's no way to fact check this. Nor do we have the time to do that. That would take forever. Who has the time? Um. But yeah, that, that's just something that I thought was a little bit interesting to me. Um, and yeah, uh, otherwise, yeah, it's just going to be like, like I'm saying, I just the the Players Cup being in it still. I'm not, you know, trying to complain, you know, I'm suffering from success. Oh, my gosh, feel bad for me. Um, but I, it sucks that I still have to stress about this, you know, that I like I am not already done. I had to have one week where I'm like I, I, just the two week difference is just. Ugh, it sucks, dude. I feel you there. Well, after this weekend, whatever happens will be over, so we'll get to just talk about that next time, and yep. maybe other stuff, of course, depending on what happens out there in the Pokemon world. But I think that pretty much covers the coverage for Pokemon Players Cup 4. Um, again, we're not going to look at all the brackets, make our silly predictions for all that, and, you know, whoever ends up on top, we're going to end up with our 16 global finalists for the top four from each region here. So I think that's going to do it for our show. Uh, Matthew, I know we covered a whole bunch of different things today. Do you have uh, like any last closing thoughts about the live event, about the upcoming circuit, uh, maybe Players Cup 4? Anything last things before we close out? Um, I'm just excited to see energy get back into the game uh excited to see what series 10 is we don't really know what it's going to be yet um but that'll mm -hmm. be coming True. up come august uh so hopefully that shakes things up a bit i hope we find out a little bit sooner than august it'd be crazy if they just did it day of you know just maybe they don't even announce it they just like put the ladder up and everybody has to like go in game figure it out late july late july no don't say those cursed words <laughs> oh, i just got that <laughs> Oh, that's great. But we will find out at the end of that month, right? So anyway, uh, I just want to say thank you to Matthew for being on the show. We appreciate your time, thought, and input being here with us. So thank you for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is fun. Yeah, thank you again. And 
For the folks out there, we're going to run through our outro for the show, and that is that you can find our email. Uh, sorry, you can send your comments, questions, and feedback to our email, which you can find vgchypervoice at gmail.com. That's the email there. And you can tell your friends about this show if they're interested in a show about competitive Pokemon. You can also find our show all over the place on a bunch of different podcasting platforms like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify being some of the more highlight ones there. And you can also find the show on Facebook and on Twitter at The Hypervoice. Lastly, you can find all three of us personally on Twitter as well. You can find me at Super Morioka. Alex, where can people find you? You can follow me at LexiconVGC. And Matthew, where can people find you? You can find me at, at Immunity, like the word Immunity, but with M-E-W, but Pokemon U. Fantastic. Thank you all, the listeners, for listening. We really appreciate it. And stay tuned for more of the Hyper Voice. Hello, listeners.